Hi everyone, I'm Taylor Pangman and welcome to episode 8 of The Motherhood Project. This week I got to chat with my friend Dr. Claudia Moutre about her personal journey to motherhood through surrogacy. Claudia has her PhD in philosophy and religion with a concentration in women's spirituality, focusing on feminist and ecofeminist activism and conflict resolution. She is the founder of More Than One Way to Make a Baby, Fertility Coaching, and is a strong and powerful voice for families looking to forge their own paths to parenthood. In this episode, Claudia shares her 10-year journey into motherhood. She walks us through all the steps that are involved in the surrogacy process, and she isn't afraid to talk about the stereotypes and address the ignorance that exists in our healthcare system that can make the surrogacy process even more challenging. She opens up about the most difficult part of her journey, as well as the moment where she first felt like a mother. And we reflect on what drives people to want to become parents. Finally, she'll share about her coaching practice and how she now helps families, no matter what phase they're in or path they choose, in their own journey to becoming parents. As Claudia's practice suggests, there is more than one way to make a baby and to become a mother. And I hope if you're currently struggling on your own path, that this episode and Claudia's story helps you feel less alone in your journey and gives you one more resource you can reach out to for answers. Claudia is one badass mama, and I learned so much from her, from our conversation, and I just can't wait for you to listen in. So let's dive in. I felt uh, hopeful this morning. I know that there's so much going on, but um, mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that there's kind of a revolution happening. So mm-hmm. that's exciting. Um, like it's, it's, I like that it's sustaining. Yeah. You know, that there's been so many protests that continue daily. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I wish I could go out into it, but there's a pandemic. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I have, you know, a two year old and, one coming. And if I get sick, I, I'm not going to be allowed in the hospital. So yeah. So it's yeah. a, yeah. So I'm not happening March. <laughs> I want March. I want to get out there, but something yeah. I'm appreciating now is, um, you know, on social media, people are sharing other ways that you can support as well. If you physically can't be there right. and I'm a really big supporter of putting your money where your mouth is. So, Definitely. and I think that creates the big, the, that can create so much change. So that's what we're trying to do on our end it's like well we can't be there so how can we support in other ways yes and I also um uh joined a a co-worker at work is starting a book club with the book me and white supremacy Hmm. so um it's all about you know becoming a white brother or sister you know an ally because at working at the boys and girls club we've been having a lot of discussions about this and, um, and my boss was really amazing because he just, he was like, I don't want allies. I want brothers and sisters. I want, you know, and I was like, I like that, you know, cause we're family. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this combo too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thinking about it all week. So Yay. why don't we start? Do you want to just kind of tell me your journey into motherhood and all the turns and twists that, <laughs> that Okay. <you> <laughs> Yes, I'll give you the cliff notes. I, when I was married in my um, 30s, my ex-husband and I did try, and I did have a miscarriage when I was 34. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, I just assumed I did a lot of reading, and I just assumed that that was it. It is pretty normal. And I kept hearing stories of women who were like, "Oh, I had two miscarriages, and I had a baby," or "I had," you know. So I just figured I was one of many, and then we ended up. Uh, breaking up. And so I didn't try again. And I met my partner at 39. And I had kind of come to terms that I would probably not have children at 38. And I was like, that's okay. My life is fulfilled. I'm good. And then at 39, I meet this guy. And, <laughs> and I, I was like, well, crap, you know, <laughs> you know, cause I, and I remember at 40, I was like, if we're going to do this, we better get on the baby train now still not really knowing that if uh, I knew at 40, I was going to have difficulties, but I was like, I'm healthy, this, that, and the other, and um, hopeful. So uh, we tried and I immediately got pregnant, just like the first time with my Mm ex-husband. And then I had a miscarriage at uh, six weeks. And then um, I was like, okay, still not kind of 
believing and grieving. And then um, I got pregnant right away again, like two months later um, after the, you know, miscarriage. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, and then at that point I was like, okay, something now I'm worried. And, uh, and I was worried before, but you never want to, you never want to think about that. And so, or you don't want to think that's you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and sadly uh, with our healthcare system, they don't allow uh, your insurance won't start to cover you until you've had three miscarriages. So really? yeah, they won't start to um, investigate. So a lot of huh. the uh, tests that you can get, things like that. I mean, if you go to a fertility clinic, sure, but you're going to be paying out of pocket yeah. most usually. I will say I like to think that some of the big corporations are starting to change that. Um, they're doing a lot more for fertility and um, like Facebook and, and Intuit mm -hmm. and places like that I know are doing so, better. So are you, so if you have like one or two miscarriages and, and let's say you're, you know, farther, farther down and there's procedures that you have to do, are you then paying out of pocket for those? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it was when I was trying, um, I'd have to look into that, um, again. So I don't know if I hope things have changed, mm -hmm. but, um, four or five years ago, that was the case. Hmm. And, and so, yeah, in order for me to get any of the testing, which the testing did discover that I had low ovarian reserve, uh, which means my eggs have expired. <laughs> and so um, I joke because humor uh, really helped me get through all of it. But yeah, my eggs had expired. And so what we did at that point um, is we went to Pacific Fertility Center in San Francisco, where I'm located, started the journey there. I wanted to see, even though my testing results weren't great, I wanted to see if uh, I, there was still a chance with my own eggs, because everybody uh, that I had come in contact with in the medical profession was, were, uh, they were suggesting donor egg, and I was vehemently against it. At first, it was like a visceral, unexplainable, no, like, there's no way, like, I'm not doing that. It felt very, um, like Jerry Springer. No, like, like, <laughs> no, that there's no way that, you know, I really got really kind of, uh, it was really aggressively, <laughs> no. And I had to really look at that as well. And so we tried one round of IVF and turns out I had one egg. And so uh, they did IUI because they won't harvest if there's less than five. And um, so, so we did IUI and that, that didn't work. And, um, and I, I just remember I had a very heart, uh, I loved my, my doctor, Dr. Lee. And I had a heart to heart with her. I called her up before we started the second round. And I just was like, give me my, give me my real chances give it to me straight. And she said, you have about a 2% chance of using your own eggs. Mm -hmm. And luckily they do have a fertility therapist. Um, so I went to go see her at PFC and, and um, she started talking to me up about the donors, about donor egg and what's really, what, you know, what it entails, what they're, you know, what the, what the women are about. And, um, and instead of looking at them as somebody kind of coming in to take your man, it's more <laughs> like, or coming in the, you know, your space. And it was, it was more like, these are angels that are really just there to help you out. And, um, I, I switched my mind and we, we started using donor egg. And so then, um, we made, we made, uh, we used PFC will either give you an option to do fresh egg retrieval. So you line up with a woman, a donor or you have frozen option okay. with fresh. It's about a $40,000 ticket with frozen. It's about a 20. So we opted for the frozen <laughs> and, and with frozen, you can get them anytime and when they're available. So, um, so that just seemed more viable for us and less expensive. And so we chose, we, and then, uh, so we, we chose a, a donor. We made three, embryos that were amazing and we inserted one into me because at this point we still didn't know that I had something wrong with my lady parts and um so at that point we we put one of those embryos in me and I actually got pregnant with twins hmm. and uh the, the egg split so I was going to have identical twins and I didn't know that I started bleeding and and having what I thought was a miscarriage and so I go to the hospital, find out it's twins. 
And then this was probably at seven weeks. And then the next day I miscarried them. So, um, so it was just, I can honest, I can act. Yeah. That was the worst day of my life. That was, uh, cause there was this complete high of seeing their heartbeats when I went to the hospital because I was like, am I experiencing a miscarriage? And then there was just this utter, just, uh, it was awful. And, and it, what was really awful as well was you're seeing the same texts, you know, the technicians should really be commended for the jobs that they do. And, um, they're really there for me. And, uh, so yeah, one, I mean, uh, it was just, that was, that was awful. And so we tried one more time and I looked at my partner, Jason, and I just said, if it doesn't work this time, I'm done. I'm done. It, Cause it's just for the last four years at that point. Yeah. It, it, it just, uh, my body wasn't my body. I just, I, I was exhausted. I was heartbroken con continually. I mean, there's just a, I call it this feeling of the air getting sucked out of the room when mm -hmm. a miscarriage happens. And, you know, it doesn't just, there's this, there's this myth that it just happens and then you're good. And like physically, you know, whereas actually a miscarriage can last up to five to six weeks, you know, cause there's a whole process with it and, you know, trying to get your body back to baseline. And um, so after I miscarried the, the fifth, miscarriage right yes the fifth miscarriage uh we we decided to look at surrogacy and we had gone through all the you know should we adopt should we do you know we went through all the different ways of of trying to make a baby and surrogacy we landed on surrogacy and that seemed to really jive with both of us and so what was it about that path that that made felt more right for you guys well when talking about adoption and I got this question a lot, <laughs> which was, um, God bless. You tell anybody what you're going through infertility and A, they don't ask you if they can make a suggestion or ask you uh, if, hey, do you want to hear my opinion? Or, hey, can I make a suggestion? No, they just give it to you. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and the question I got the most was, oh my gosh, have you ever thought of adoption? And uh, I, I get the curiosity, but it's a, it's none of your business and B there's this idea. And I know, I, I feel like I, I am going to come across sounding, but uh, there's this idea that because I'm barren and can't have children, then therefore I must undertake all the, all the children in the world. And, mm -hmm. and it felt very judging when, when asked that question mm -hmm. and um, my response would vary depending on who was asking. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it was somebody, if it was a good friend, I, you know, it just, it would vary. I, I might say, I might get snarky and say, no, you know, I never thought about that. You know, I'm going to like, just wow. open, whoa, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> open my mind. I'm totally going to go down, you know, or I would be like, you know, that's really, that's really a sticky question. And I don't feel, I don't, I'm not comfortable with that. Or um, I had one friend who just consistently asked me it over and over. And my response was just like, why, what, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. Like something's actually happening with you because I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling you're placing this at my feet and it's not mine. Yeah. And um, yeah. So uh, it just, for us, back to your question, it just, um, adoption didn't feel right. We couldn't really explain it, but it didn't feel right. Um, you know, I, I'd asked Jason and he was just like, I just don't know why, but I, I'm, I don't feel comfortable with it. And I was like, okay. And so surrogacy just seems like the best route for us. And I, I don't really know if there's a, a black and white explanation of it. It just seemed like the next right move. Yeah. And that's when you're, yeah. when you're doing something like that, when you're becoming parents, it's all about figuring out what works best for you. Exactly. It's funny you were talking about all these opinions that come at you. I mean, that's like, that's like parenting one on one. It's like the first thing everyone has to know. It's, it's it could be it could be something <laughs> as big as choosing how you want to become parents, or it could be something like, you know, do we feed them? Do we mm. feed them this food, or do they go to this school? And are you using cloth diapers? Yeah, <laughs> put a hat on your child. It's cold outside. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's everybody has a. Luckily, I haven't really come into contact with a lot of judgment 
with uh, from the outside world when parenting my child. Um, I don't know, maybe it's come at me and I've just been like, you know, walking through the world. But um, usually, I think, no, the only time it's actually I felt judgment from somebody was when I, I don't, I had her on an escalator going down on a stroller and we were all, you know, (laughs) she was like looking up at the ceiling and this woman looked horrified at me. I was like, I was like, what you gotta do? Yeah. And so I was like, I don't know what to do right now. So, you know, um, I, I don't know. I just laugh at people, but, um, but so we had our first surrogate. And so we chose a surrogate. She was amazing. She lived um, close. I thought that was great. She ended up, uh, we put our last embryo from that first round of donor and and into her. And she ended up having a miscarriage at six weeks, kind of to the day that I had one a couple of years before. And um, (laughs) Uh, another opinion that I would always get was, oh, maybe this just isn't God's plan for you. And um, that I, I heard that a lot after this last one. Oh, maybe just, you know, this isn't, and I don't agree uh, with any of that logic, but that, that came up and just made me even more angry. And it, yeah, that was a tough one. That was a real tough one because our surrogate went through, uh, miscarriages are hard. And if you've never experienced one, you know, you just don't know how you're going to respond. And she had a really tough time. She yeah. went, she went and had a downward spiral and couldn't eat and, um, got it. That was tough. And then because, uh, surrogacy, they don't really give you a playbook on how to have a relationship with your surrogate. You kind of mm-hmm. just make it up as you go and you're hopeful. Um, you create a contract that says how, how often you want to how much do you want to know them and and vice versa and how much contact, but you have no idea, you know? And so you come into this place where she had a miscarriage and she was just hurting. And I then became her caretaker and her kind of emotional support. And I'm, Mm. I was already grieving and it just got blurry. Everything got really blurry. Um, it, it, I got resentful. Honestly, I got really resentful because I was like, wait, whose miscarriage is this? Do I get to grieve? Why is everything about her right now? I, it just, and then I'd get mad at myself for even thinking that. So it just became this, you know, um, so uh, we ended up having to break that off because, you know, I just told her, I was like, if the goal here is to make a healthy baby, you're not, you need to work on you. You know, you're not healthy right now. You're not eating. You've lost a ton of weight. Um, your body and your mind and your soul just can't handle this. So we need to, we need to get you help, which we did. And, um, and we gotta, we gotta walk away from this. I don't think this would be good for both of us. Yeah. And, um, so we ended up, then I, then I realized that in a surrogate, I needed to find somebody that had been through it already, (laughs) wanted a pro. So our next surrogate, (laughs) I had already been a surrogate. And so I didn't have to handhold her. Cause you know, and, and so, yeah, we landed on this amazing woman named Christina. She carried our first and is now pregnant with our second, which was due in like six weeks. Oh yeah. So (laughs) that's so so exciting. I know I'm super excited. (laughs) I'm really excited and like, what, you know, I'm calling it the second coming. (laughs) Like the sequel is, is arriving. Um, But yeah, she's, you know, but the whole process of surrogacy is such a mixed bag of emotions because for me, and I can only really speak for me, um, there is a process of letting go and, and, and relief, you know, Mm. it's like, oh, you do it. (laughs) You go ahead. You know, (laughs) like I, you know, just this like, you know, like not having to worry because I feel like if I had carried the baby, my stress levels would have been so enormous and anxiety after everything that I'd been through. And I feel like that transfers to the womb. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like our child Kirby, she's this two year old nutcase. She's amazing. (laughs) She's just like this, like happy, happiest child, just ridiculously mischievous and 
And I feel like she had this, she grew in this womb that was just like totally relaxed and chill. So she came out like that. She's, (laughs) you know, she's just like, what, you know, now with, now with our second born, I have this feeling it's going to be super emo because of everything that's going on right now. (laughs) It's going to come out and just be more introspective. A reflection of the world at this moment. Like very arty and like protest and, uh, you know, an advocate for the people, so, you know, <laughs> like, all right, let me. so yeah, but it's a huge, uh, there's just such a mixed bag with surrogacy. Um, cause there's a longing. I'm, I, I, I'm sad that I didn't get to carry my children. Um, but I'm also relieved. I look at like the, the upside is I got to show up with coffee and, and with energy to the birth, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't have to heal afterwards. I got, I hit the ground running. Um, I, I hated not breastfeeding. However, because I didn't breastfeed, I didn't have to wake up every two hours and my husband or my partner and I got to split everything equally. Mm -hmm. So I got to sleep. He got to sleep. Um, so there's, you know, there's pros and cons. And as my, my fertility doctor said, it's like pregnancy is just a mere blip. You know, I remember having a heart to heart with her and she also used a surrogate, which was huge, hugely resourceful for me because until she told me that I, I felt like I was swimming blind in this world. And, um, but she was just like, if the goal is for you to make a baby and have a child, let's get, let's get you there. You know, yeah. like this pregnancy is just a small nine month year blip. You have the rest of their lives essentially. And that's true. And it's true. And I found that there's no, um, it wasn't difficult bonding with Kirby. You know, there wasn't a, a moment where I didn't feel like her mother, mm-hmm. you know, I got to be in the room when it happened. Um, we didn't know the sex until, she, you know, oh, that's so exciting. Out, which was really cool. <laughs> and and uh, I didn't even, I forgot to look, <laughs> I forgot to look. She came out and I was like, Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> ah! And then I'm getting ready to do some skin to skin and the photographer in the room, which was a friend of our surrogate, which was great. She just screams, it's a girl. And I just like whip my head around. I'm like, Oh my God, vagina. <laughs> I was so happy to see that vagina. And I <laughs> I didn't realize how much I wanted a girl until that moment. There was this like, because you hold your breath through the whole infertility process. And there was this feeling of like, every time I got pregnant, I would never let myself think I, I, oh, it's finally going to happen, you know, because it never happened. And so it was just like this moment where the baby's born, it makes me want to cry where the baby's born and then I see it's a girl and it was just this like, Oh my God, I win. I get to win. <laughs> I win. Like it was just, and I raised my arms up. There's a great picture of me just like running around the hospital room. Like we have a girl. Oh my God, I win. You know, just like <laughs> so now, yeah. So yeah, now I'm hoping we have a boy. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. And you, Oh, you still don't know. You don't know the we sex. Know the- oh, yeah. So. Awesome. That's Yay. awesome. We didn't, we didn't do that with, uh, we just, I had my daughter blue in, um, oh, I like that name. October, October 1st. Thank yeah. you. And yeah. I had always imagined myself wanting to know the sex ahead of time. Right. And, uh, but my husband, or wait, no, I imagined myself not wanting to know the sex ahead of time. And my husband, he's very impatient. <laughs> so it was like, he would have bugged me the entire time about it. Yeah. You know? do you think it do you think it's this or do you think it's that and so we ended up we ended up doing a gender reveal and I'm glad actually because there was so much about just the waiting period of being pregnant that was hard for me Mm. you know so many unknowns that it actually I really appreciated having one known you know knowing ahead of time so whereas like when you're doing it this my the way we did it Mm -hmm. there's so many knowns that we wanted Mm -hmm. one unknown yeah you know, it was like, <laughs> so, there's so much technicality and so much scientific, yes. scientific work yes. happening that we just wanted one thing that was unknown. Yeah. And something that like it, it, I love the way you say that actually, because it makes me think about the whole process, you know, whether um, hearing you talk about the surrogacy process, 
um, and infertility route and so scientific, like you said. And, and even actually when I was doing my care at the beginning through a hospital, I felt the same way. Actually, I would leave every single doctor's meeting just like crying and frustrated because I was like, this is supposed to feel special. You know, this is supposed to feel or like this is what I had in my head. Like right. I, this is supposed to feel like something really magical, like right. like a human being is going to be coming into the world. Right. And it felt so medical the whole time. We, and I'm not a medical person, I'm a very spiritual oh, person. So right. hearing like, you know, going through all those processes and like, you know, that we're going to have this meeting, we're going to go check for this thing. And these are the levels for this. And I will just leave in tears. And we ended up changing our route completely wanting to go through a birth center route to be with midwives, which is, nice. it just was the best decision for us. But I love how you say that because it is, it's like, and I'm glad that you guys did that, so, that for yourself. And you recognize yeah. that of like, it, this has been, and is, you know, a very long journey and totally, we want yeah. this one thing for us, you know, something yeah. that's just like this like untouchable thing. I'm sad to hear that it was so the medical, the medical, yeah, I, I, I understand that. Like I, I've only been, I only got to go to the three ultrasounds, the main ones, Mm -hmm. uh, the seven, when you do IVF, you do a seven week and nine week, and then you've got the 20 week anatomy exam. Mm -hmm. So those are the only ones I got to attend. Um, but I know she goes so much more regularly, but to hear that it's just so medical you know that was my experience yeah Yeah. well so you just explained the whole journey and I know it was like a lot I mean how many how many years was this from the moment you first tried in your first marriage to then holding Kirby how long was that journey Uh, 34 to when did we have Kirby I think I was 44 when we had so 45 when we had Kirby. I'm 45 now, 45 right now. I'll be, I'm about to be 46. Okay. So, uh, 44. So maybe, yeah, 10 years, Wow. 10 year journey, 10 year process. So this is a question for my curiosity because it's sure. something I've reflected on myself even before I decided to, to be a mom. And it was this question of like, why do people want to be parents? It was this hmm. question that I was asking myself and What's funny is I am a mom and I'm still struggling to find an, an, appro- mm. an answer that feels appropriate to that. So I know kind of a loaded big question, but especially, you know, you, mm. you went through so much to bring Kirby into this world and to now bring your second. What was that? What was the emotion or the, the drive behind that? Why did you want to become a mom? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm a good person. Like I, and I believe that good people should, should make babies. <laughs> like, 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 and I'll, I'll go into that. Um, I've, uh, I've been through a, a lot in my life and, um, you know, I got sober 18 years ago. Um, there's just the journey that has unfolded in my life and, um, the wisdom that I feel like I've gained, uh, I just felt like I would be good at it. I work with kids. I, I have the ability to, to get checked when I need to get checked. You know what I mean? Like when, when I'm, when I'm being oblivious to something, if a good friend or colleague comes to me and checks me, I I'm open to listening to it. Um, I just felt like I would be a good parent. Being a mom has is like it's the best it's the best it's like super hard it's so difficult at times the pandemic she's back at daycare and i will say my relationship with my partner is much better <laughs> like since she's like i'm back to daycare <laughs> Woo! yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and, and knowing my limits knowing I'm not like she's you know she was home for two months and i'm not crafty like trying to come up with things for I'm not a Martha Stewart. I don't cook very often. Like it, so knowing my limits, knowing my boundaries, what I'm capable of. And, and I'm like, let's go hike. I mean, during the, during the, and what I call the infertility endurance challenge, <laughs> which was my process of making her, I actually hiked the John Muir trail, you know, to oh. try to get, to try to like figure some stuff out. Like after our first surrogate had her miscarriage and I was, 
having a panic attack on the floor. Um, I just looked at Jason and I was like, yeah, I got to go take a walk. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh yeah, where are you going? I was like, no, I'm going to actually go take a hike in the wilderness for a month. <laughs> Cause I got to get the fuck out of here. For a whole month. <laughs> oh, wow. So it was, it was, you know, so that's what I offer my children is nature. So I can't, you know, <laughs> Like we you offer your children so much more than just nature. <laughs> like, I appreciate but it's that. hard. I was curious to see how you were going to respond to that too, because <gasps> it's, it's a very loaded, it's a very loaded question. And, and what's funny is the way that you, you answered that is similar to how my husband w- answers that question too. Yeah. He also, he, he got sober when he was, um, right when he was 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. He's 33 years old now. So That's impressive. I think through that process, he, I don't want to speak for him, but right. you know, I've heard him say it enough that I think I can share, but you know, he just, um, through that process, you know, of learning, learning about himself enough. You know, I think it, it came to him. It was like this point of like, you know, then what kind of, what's the point to life? You know, if I can't right. take these lessons that I've learned and then kind of share that with yeah. other people and, and other people, meaning my family and wanting right. a family and, you know, that was something I think, um, I think I was later in the game to finding myself and, mm. um, you know, I'm, it's, it's a still a work in progress. So I think sometimes that answer changes, but, um, yeah, I was just curious how you would answer that question. And, yeah. and cause I mean, you went through so much to become a mom. The other day, Jason went to go get her up. She had just woken up. <laughs> she had depanced herself. So she's wearing a, her shirt but she's not got any pants or diaper and she's just sitting there cross-legged going namaste. Oh my God. Namaste. And I was like, I love <laughs> her so much. <laughs> I can't wait for Blue to get that age. She's eight months now and I can't wait until oh. she just starts to be a little weirdo because she's going to be a weirdo. I can sense it already. It's so, it's so much fun. <laughs> That's the best age. Like so much two, fun. Three, four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so if we go back to your journey, yeah, and there's a few things that I, I just want to like dive a little deeper on and, and, and get your thoughts on, you know, what, throughout that whole process, um, what was the hardest part? You know, what was the hardest thing for you in that, in that process of becoming a mom? Um, choosing the donor egg. Hmm. That was, and I, I still question uh, why um, that was so tough. Because uh, part of me was like, "What's why do your genetics matter? Why is you know?" Um, yeah, that was the toughest part was making that decision. Even though when I made it, it was easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like, "Okay, this is the next right step." Mm-hmm. But um, I, letting go of because because I was. Oh, I guess I should also say that, you know, when I, I think I touched on, you know, the, the lady parts bit, like I kept having miscarriages as well because they found something wrong with my womb. Mm. Like I had a lot of scar tissue that wasn't endometriosis, but it was, uh, I think I was born with it, Mm. but kind of echoing that it was, um, I would go to the doctors and especially after I got sober and started to just get my life and my body in tune. And my health, I would just, every doctor was just like, oh my God, you're like the healthiest woman alive. And, oh, you know, just glowing reviews on all my blood work and, oh my, you know, and just this constant, you know, love and advocation from the medical profession. And then to just not have my body work Mm. when I wanted it to, you know, not have this, you know, this thing that we're supposed to be able to do as women and to not have it work, not have it. And to be also kind of late in the game when it came to my, um, my eggs and, and, uh, you know, and, and just the unknown of it all, but, um, the, you know, cause they can't, infertility, so much of it is just unexplained, but, um, but yeah, the donor egg part was the hardest part. You mm-hmm. know, that was just, um, making the decision to have somebody else, you know, I look at Kirby of course, and I can't imagine anything else, but her, so that definitely does give me gratitude. And, but, uh, 
you know, like when Jason would say, oh my gosh, her feet are so sweaty like mine, or oh my gosh, her, she has my nose, or oh, you know, there are moments where it's just like, don't say that. I can't hear that right now. Like it, cause it's, you know, but then I, I also, it's a fun, um, it's a fun, like what's nature, what's nurture. Mm -hmm. Cause I do believe nurture wins or nurture wins in the end. It's how we raise our child that, um, that, that then you get to see the results of that and, you know, how she lives her life. So I, I, I do believe, believe in that, but yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Along those lines of what you just said too, with nature and nurture, has it, has this process, I'm curious, has this process caused you to reflect on even like what being a mother means, you know, what motherhood is, you know, how does that, has that, would that answer have been different? You know, if I asked you that like 10, 15 years ago, as, as opposed to now, I don't know. You know, if things hadn't gone the way they had, would I even question it this way? You mm-hmm. know, um, I've always been open to the breaking the one-way narrative of, of motherhood. If it had come easy in the, I don't think any way to motherhood is easy. Don't, if, it, <laughs> it, it, if it had uh, come natural, what is natural? But like yeah. if, it, if, if I had been able to make the baby on my own with my own womb and eggs, um, I don't know if I'd question motherhood like I do. Motherhood is just a decision. It's like I decided to make this baby, this, this baby's mine, and that I'm, I'm this baby's mother. And the word mother is very triggering for me um, because uh, throughout the process, I think we throw that word around. And that, like I would get asked, oh, how's the donor mom? Or how's the surrogate mom? Or how's the, you know, and it was just like, I'm the mother. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm the mom. Even so much so that like, our lawyer throughout the surrogacy process uh, had a questionnaire of like, who's the genetic mother, mm-hmm. you know? And I wrote him cause underneath it's like, Oh, did it come from the, the genetic mom or did it come from donor mom? Or did, and I was like, let's look at the word mother here. You know, like what is mother? Is the mother the donor? No. Is the mother, the surrogate. No, I'm the mother. Mm-hmm. Mother is the one who, 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 takes care of this child who's the source. I like, how, I like how you frame that of motherhood as a decision. And it's not just the decision to, to have a child or um, it's like, it's a daily decision. It's like Completely. an action. It's an action to be there, always being there, you know, and maybe not making the right decisions or, you know, there's totally. always something that you're going to look back on and criticize yeah. your parents for, your mom for. But in the end, it's just like, you know, are they there? Yeah. Motherhood is, it's your you're the one there. I, I kind of look forward to when Kirby's older being like, so how'd I do? Like, <laughs> Give me a grade. <laughs> one just, through like, 10. <laughs> a little discussion with her. So what did you think? You know, <laughs> like, are we cool? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, what is it? What was it like for you? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so when did you first feel like a mom? Oh, I love that question. Um, oh yeah. I, I, yeah. When I've thought about that, cause you, you posed that before and, and, mm-hmm. um, when we, so, so the baby Kirby was born and she, you know, they, in surrogacy, you hopefully you get another room with your partner. So our, your surrogate can rest and relax and eat and sleep and then you take child into your own room and don't sleep and <laughs> and um it was this moment where jason had passed out and again it's like i love what you said about motherhood as being you know you're the one that's there and jason was out out for the count and um kirby was just in that little glass crib that they give you Mm -hmm. and she's just all burritoed up and she's just you know every movement she makes I'm like you okay everything (laughs) you know are we good and I couldn't sleep she's moving around and I finally I just was like you know what no I grabbed her I picked her up and I'm just sitting there with this little six pound bundle of love and that was that was when I felt like mom because it was just Mm -hmm. this like quiet moment where I just looked at her and I was just like, okay, kid, here we go. 
I got you. Let the adventure begin. And oh my God. Cause it was, it, 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 it didn't really, it didn't sink in. It still, it took a while, but yeah, those, just those moments where God, she was, I love it. She's so little and oh, she's just, now she's just like, you know, she'll cut, she'll kiss and cuddle, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you know, you don't know if you're going to get that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> or, or when they're little babies, they're just, you know, they fall asleep on your chest. Yeah. yeah actually my yeah. husband and I were just reflecting on that because Blue's, she's, um, she's working on walking right now. Mm. She's crawling everywhere. That's great. Yeah. yeah. She's crawling everywhere. She's obsessed with climbing up on like climbing, using the couch to climb up and stand. Yeah. And because of that, you can just see the like connections in her brain are thinking about this all right. the time. So yes. I try and slow her down. And like, really the only time is nap time where I get like a kind of snuggle. It's like basically just like, hold me while I drink this bottle and then I'm going to yeah. pass out. So yeah, we've been reflecting on that though, those, those times that are, but I mean, she was one of those colicky babies, you know, that was really difficult at the beginning. So we've tried really hard to like appreciate the snuggles that we would get in between the screams, but it's hard to, it's hard to absorb that when you're just like, go to bed. <laughs> totally. God. Yeah. Oh my God. And you're just begging for sleep. Mm-hmm. Lord. But then every once in a while, I will say now Kirby will do these things that just totally surprise you. Like the other day, she just grabbed my face in her little hands and she was just kind of petting my face and touching me all over my face and gave me a kiss on my lips. And I was like, oh God, Aww. you know, and that's real. Like, she's just like, mommy. And just, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, honey. You know, knowing they're going to, they're going to be people listening to this that, you know, are, are curious about the surrogacy process. Maybe they're still going through, you know, their own fertility journey, um, trying to figure out what's best for them. What, um, what about the surrogacy journey? Would you, would you want to share, you know, with people? What, is there something about that experience that you want to, you want to just talk about for a moment? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a great question. I, I would say, um, create your own story. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I remember, uh, Jimmy Fallon, you know, the tonight show, he, he had, and his wife went through surrogacy. And, um, when we were just kind of making that decision to do it and that took them about five years to make their children. And he just kept saying, you know, you just got to can't listen to the naysayers. You can't listen to people and their ideas about what you need to be doing. And, and you can't compare yourself to anybody else's story. You have to create your own story. And, um, and that's huge. And talk, talk to me, talk to other people who've been through it. I've started my own fertility coaching practice just to give people ideas and resources and, and how to break that one-way narrative of thinking, how to find your own path. But that, that would be my main my main message is you just got to create your own story on this. If I had listened to everybody else, I wouldn't have my children. If I had followed the belief of this maybe just isn't God's plan. You know, I was like, God, if God's plan is for me to have six miscarriages and mm. lose seven babies, God can suck it. Like, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> like, I don't believe God creates pain. I just don't. And I will say that actually my whole opinion of God shifted through this process was Mm -hmm. just like, I don't believe God has this plan. I believe you and me and God are making it up as we go (laughs) (laughs) and we're doing it as a team. And it's not this like laid out plan for me that there should be lessons along the way. And that, that was another thing. It was like, create your own story and don't apologize for it. You know, like when, when somebody would come, come at me with questions or inappropriate suggestions, it was, or God, the questions. I think one of my favorites, kind of get off track for a second, was, uh, was oh, can, can she keep your child? <laughs> or, uh, or God, are, are you scared she's going to keep your baby, the circuit? And I was like, oh, let's just call that what it is. That's called kidnapping. And these, the women that do this aren't kidnappers. And our surrogate would have to field a lot of idiotic questions. People would actually come to me and go, no, no, no. I, I had a friend who 
their surrogate kept their child. And I was like, which friend? Who? What? How did that? And they couldn't ever. Because hmm. it's bullshit. There was an end to that story. There was bullshit. It's, yeah. like, it's like the, the amount. I didn't find her on Craigslist. I didn't, you know, and the amount of, of just the lawyers, the contracts, everything that you have to go through, all the, all the yeah. levels. No, no, she's not going to keep, she doesn't want my baby. Like, <laughs> these are women that don't want your children to begin with. Like, <laughs> they're just like, here, take it. Just <laughs> take your child. I'm done. Like, <laughs> so what, what is the process for surrogacy? I forgot. Oh. I realized I haven't asked that yet, but what is the, what is the process? Surrogacy 101. Um, well, you, you n- normally what you would do if you go the agency route, you get an agent, you, you find an agency that works for you. They match you with a surrogate. That process is you create a profile. It's like online dating. You create a profile, they create a profile. Uh, you answer a whole bunch of questions that I really emphasize that you need to be truthful on them. Questions like uh, if the child has Down syndrome, would you abort? If there's, you know, you really need to, because you want to match yourself with somebody that's that's going to, you know, adhere to what you would want to do. Like, mm-hmm. don't do what I did, which was kind of, I wasn't as, I wouldn't say truthful, but I wasn't as truthful to myself on some of the questions. And mm-hmm. the women I got matched with in the beginning were way not on my same page. And so I remember I was like, let me go back. And because hmm, you know, I thought, oh, if I just answer it this way, it'll open up the, it'll open up the field to more, to more opportunity. When in reality, the opportunity I was getting were women that just didn't, you know, I had one woman who was just like, oh, God bless her. She was, she was like, you know, she wouldn't abort on any reason, which, hey, that's your, that's your belief. I'm not going to argue with you, mm-hmm. but her, her feeling was that even if you only get 15 minutes with your child, that's worth it. Cause say there's something wrong with the baby in the womb, hmm. like something's medically severely wrong. Like the baby is suffering. The baby is suffering. There's, there's an abnormality that's, that's, you know, would cause the child to either be stillborn or something or, or just not cut it, not have, not have the health mm-hmm. to survive. Um, she, her, she would not abort. And she was like, even if you only get 15 minutes in my head, and this is going to sound whatever my head was like, okay, so I just paid $120,000 for 15 minutes of heartache, mm. you know? So you really have to like, well, and longer, you know, 15 minutes in that moment, but then it's, it's yeah. 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 Pain of just mm. insurmountable pain. And so, um, that's actually yeah. really interesting too. Cause you're talking like those questions are about like your philosophy. Your life philosophy of how you would handle these really difficult situations, right? Um, and I, I don't mean I don't mean to say this ignorantly, but it, I hadn't connected that. Like you're asking these questions as, as if the child is in your own body. Right. It yeah. is like you you have to start looking at it like that. Exactly. Like we are extensions of each other in this exactly. process. Exactly, and that's where, like I said before, there's no playbook for this kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. So a, you want somebody that is is in your is in your wheelhouse. You want somebody that's going to be like you would a even treat the, you know, I want somebody that's going to work out. That's going to eat right. That's not going to um, travel during a pandemic. That's not going to, yeah. you know, that's, that's going to treat this child the way I would treat this child. So you get matched with somebody and then, uh, and then the lawyers get involved mm-hmm. and um, you have to have a contract before uh, they do anything at the clinic, the fertility clinic. And then as soon as the contract is signed, then the clinic uh, does a medical, psychological, all kinds of vetting. You know, they go through everything, um, making sure she's just, she's got the mental and the emotional and the, the physical capability of doing it. And, um, you know, they go through all her background, smoking, drinking, ailments. What was her last birth like? They can't have, these are women that have to have been pregnant before, have their families complete and not want more children, you know, so there's the psychological element. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's, what's your home life like? Are you in a good situation? Is there going to, what, what's your work life like? Do you work? Are you on your feet all day? You know, things like that. And so, um, yeah, these, the women are vetted and, um, they are warriors. These women are warriors. (laughs) And so, and then the transfer happens. And then, um, depending on what you want with your contract, like my surrogate and I, um, we talk freely 
but definitely at least once a week, she gives me a bump picture and we text each other on Saturdays and how you doing, <laughs> what's going on. And, you know, there are moments when I'll, I'll feel sad that, you know, the baby's not with me. And so I'll say, can you pet the belly? And, oh. and then you can also have like belly recordings, you know, so they can get like a, a headphones that they can put on their belly and you can record and you know songs oh. or you know so they can oh yeah yeah hear your voice yes yes yeah. I thought you were saying the other way I'm like you yeah. can <laughs> you can do that <laughs> you know. this, is a two, this is a telephone <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So, and, then, oh. um, and then you create a birth plan and uh, trust is formed for the money and um, with each stage of the pregnancy they get paid installments because you don't want to pay them at the end because then it looks like you just bought a baby. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of legal. And then, you know, the, the, the lawyers take it to the court and get a judgment. And um, that says that you're the parents. And luckily in California, it's legal. A lot of places it's not legal surrogacy. So mm -hmm. I would have to adopt my child. On one hand, this is the oldest way to make a baby. Like this practice is back is biblical. If you look at Rachel and Abraham and all the, you know, the people in the Bible that use this method of surrogacy. But for us currently, like the legality and the met it's it's very new. Like what we're what we're trying to establish. So yeah. So during during this process, is there anything like you said, you kind of craft up your own contract, your own kind of mm -hmm. rules between you and the surrogacy. What were, what were your rules with Kirby, uh, with Kirby in terms of like, um, you know, like during her pregnancy, how many, um, like you said, you went to the, the major yeah. um, ultrasound doctor visits. And then like, how, do, what does it how does it happen like the day of the birth? You know, what was, what was that like? Oh, that was awesome. Um, well, gratefully, I got Christina and I are, completely on the same page when it came to, in fact, our agency was so, um, they, were, they were always kind of taken aback by us because my feeling is I picked, I picked this person to carry my child. So I put trust in her. I'm not going to second guess her. I want her to have my full confidence. I don't want her to think that I'm managing her mm. um, because I, a, I don't want to, I don't have the energy or the mind space to do that. And that just, no, it's like, it's like a, I don't want to compare it to a worker boss situation, but I don't want my boss looking over my shoulder, you know, like you, you employed me for a specific job. Now let me do my job. Mm -hmm. And so that, that's how I treat Christina. It's like, she's a, a woman fully capable. She's doing something I've never done. So for me to instruct her on how to do it seems ridiculous, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, I want this, that, and the other. And, yeah. Yeah. It's like, who am I? You know, I've never done this. That was my feeling. It was like, I've never done this. You have go for it, you know? <laughs> you know? And so when it came to the birth, uh, I remember our agency was like, what are you guys with the birth plan? And I said that I was like, whatever, man, whatever you want. I just, I would like to be in the room if possible. I, you know, I want to be the first one to hold this child. I, I want to be the first one to kiss this child and, and, and do skin to skin. She was like, yeah. And one thing that we haven't hit on yet is the medical profession and their judgments mm -hmm. throughout this, throughout with surrogacy. Cause I remember even when we were, when we were touring the, uh, the maternity ward and pre-registering at, at her hospital, like the, there's a, disconnect and edu uneducation, uneducate, oh, that's not a word, uneducated. Uh, they're not medical, educated on this. They're not educated. The medical <laughs> profession have the worst bedside manner when it comes to this. They are, and I, they, I mean, and I can't speak to regular pregnancies. I have stories of my mama friends and what they've gone through. Mm -hmm. <sighs> um, but they, uh, I, it was a mixed bag. Um, that I definitely had some people that were amazing and cheered us on the whole way. And some technicians like with our 20 week ultrasound, uh, with Kirby, oh, we had this great technician who was just on point and so excited. And, um, you know, she was like, you sure you don't want to know the sex of the baby because they are showing me everything right now. You know, and I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. You know? <laughs> so, you know, there was like a, God, it was awesome. Like she was, but then there's, 
with the 20 week exam with our, our newest child, it was awful. I, I, I got, I call it this sense of othering. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm the other, not the mother. <laughs> like it's, it's, uh, and it's, it's a horrible feel. Like I'll, I'll just kind of go through and I forgot what it felt like because I had been mm-hmm. in this two year love bubble with Kirby and really only bringing in to her world and my world, people who were loving and accepting mm-hmm. of our process. And, and I really just, the naysayers, I just kind of forgot about them and forgot about the judgments. And, you know, since we made the baby, the questioning stopped, you know, it was just, even with people who didn't know me, it was assumed I had her. So mm-hmm. nobody would question me anymore. I forgot. And I go and I met this anatomy exam and the technician who was just this iceberg lady. Um, and she's just like, who are you? We were like, where are the intended parents? And I'm like, ah, oh, we just, she lives in San Diego now. So I'm like, oh, we flew down from San Francisco. We're so excited. Oh my God, the baby. And, and she's like, oh, and she immediately puts all of her attention onto Christina. Mm-hmm. And it's like the air got sucked out of the room and this feeling of just that, that judgment. I felt this like blanket of judgment, just get onto my skin. She even called the Christina, the mother Hmm. at one point. Um, she, there was just no joy in the process. She, and then I thought, okay, am I just thinking this? Is this something, you know, and I look at Christina and I'm like, are you? And she was like, this this woman is a bitch. (laughs) You know, she was just like, and then I thought, okay, well she leaves. And I thought, well, the doctor's going to be better. And the doctor wasn't, the doctor came in and started asking Christina questions and then looked at her and was like, are you comfortable with them in the room? Do you want them to leave? And, and Christina was like, yeah, they're fine. And she she looked at us and was like, we'd really like you. I, I need you to leave. And it was just this, okay. And so we waited in the hallway till they were done. And I, of course, start crying. And Jason is just like, you know, trying to comfort me. And I go back in the room and they're done with the exam. It's over. And I'm just like, wait a minute, you know? And then the woman, finally, this doctor asked me, you know, oh, is this your first time doing a surrogate? And I was like, no, bitch. I was like, like, I was like, no. Is it yours? (laughs) I was like this, she's actually carrying our second child. And and I kind of went through this synopsis of our journey. And she was like, Oh, and I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have to tell you my pain in order for you to understand what's going on. Mm. Like, like I literally usually surrogacy because of the money involved. And sadly, um, all the money that's involved does, it's not accessible to everybody, which is something I want to change. And so there's this, bougie uh i i must it's just this judgment that i feel from people like i've actually been asked um you know did you find your surrogate in a third world country um just things mm-hmm. like you know i'm like no do you know me like, <laughs> like she lives in california she's <laughs> you know like, um but there's just this feeling of uh i must be doing this because i don't want to ruin my body or i this mm-hmm. is like i'm using her and her womb, I should just accept that I can't make children on my own. And who am I to do this to her? And so it's just this, and I, I know it's not just me, the women that I've come across who, who have utilized surrogacy, this is something that they experience. that there's a feeling of condes, uh, uh, like Christina usually gets this kind people are very condescending to her. Mm-hmm. Um, like even when Kirby was born, the doctor looked at her and was like, I just want you to know you did such a good thing. I mean, look at her. She's just so happy. And Christina was like, yeah, I know. Like walk away. <laughs> yeah. and, and even our, the, the doctor that gave birth, uh, you know, birthed Kirby wanted our contract, wanted all of these personal details and, and, and information that wasn't, you know, I called my lawyer and I was like, she wants the contract. And she was like, no, that's illegal. That's between you and Christina. You, we have given her everything she needs, the hospital, which is the judgment that says that your name goes on the birth certificate and that's it. But there's just, I don't know. It's a very interesting, um, it's painful and it's hurtful. You know, some of the things that you just shared about what was said, is it really, 
the judgments and the assumptions really take the human out of it. And I think that's, that's why I wanted to, to share your story is because I wanted to, you know, not only help people who are going through this as well, but also to educate a little bit more about that yes. and to, to share your, your story to make it more human. It's like, yeah. no, these are real people who just genuinely really want to bring people into yes. the world, little babies. And so I guess I have one question before I want to dive into what you're, so you can share what you've been working on, but oh, yeah. are there any resources that you had while you were going through this that were helpful for you that you want to share? Ah, uh, you know, that was, this is, this is why I started my fertility practice. It's, um, there wasn't a lot. There just, there wasn't in talking with my, my, um, fertility doctor. That's when I discovered she used a surrogate and that opened up everything, you know, cause mm -hmm. I remember I was like, I don't know what I get to grieve with the miscarriage that our mm -hmm. first one experienced. I was like, do I get to grieve this? Do I get to, you know, I feel like I, I need to be there for her, but I don't want it to be about her. And it was just this, and she, having been there said to me, no, you, you are the mother, you get to grieve this. But to have somebody who had been there talk to me was huge. And, um, and then Reddit, <laughs> like, like <laughs> Reddit was like big at three o'clock in the morning when <laughs> I was searching for just people that had experienced it. And YouTube surrogacy births were, were, <laughs> a big one just, but it, no, I really didn't, I really didn't experience a lot of resource. Like even with our agency, I was like, I, I think you guys need to have like a, a closure survey mm -hmm. that, that people who are just beginning can, can tap into mm -hmm. because you're going in this blind, you're yeah. going in this without any information on what it is. So then let's talk about your resource and how oh. you're helping people. <laughs> Ever since I, ever since Kirby was born, I've been incredibly open about, you know, on Facebook and whomever will listen about the process. And I've been very open about donor egg and I've been very open about surrogacy. And so people have just been coming to me like either, oh, I have a friend or, hey, I just talked to somebody the other day that was an old friend. She found me through Facebook and she saw that I used a surrogate. And so she called me. So it's been just like amazing. Just the, the people that just want to know more about it. And so I've been coaching and it, it's been this very organic, amazing process of just like first just talking. And now it's becoming something I'm doing as a, as a, as a business. And that's just beginning. I just now thought of the name. I, I have my own coach uh, that's helping me. I'm writing a book on the whole process. And that's um, amazing. It's just drum roll. What's the name? Uh, the name of the, the company is uh, more than one way to make a baby. Awesome. Uh, so more than one way, something like that. Um, and uh, the email that I have is because I just did get my PhD, which is what through this whole process. Yes, I got a, my PhD, uh, which I started at 34 with the first miscarriage, which is just funny that, you know, it's all. It's all come, I burst <laughs> so, many, so many things. You've been reborn in so I've many ways. I've been reborn in so many ways. Now, that actually fits with what I, the second coming of my child. Which I <laughs> yeah. Like. But yeah, so, um, so there's the book that's happening. Um, that's going to take a little while. But the, the practice is happening. I have a new email, uh, Dr. M Fertility Coaching okay. uh, at Gmail. Okay. And, um, I'll make sure to include that in the show notes too so people yeah, can find you. Yeah, and easy. anybody can contact me. What I do is I, I offer because it's called more than one way. There's not one set way mm -hmm. to coach you or whomever. So we meet 30 first 30 minutes is free. Um, uh, we discover what your, what your process is, is going to unfold. You know, and I'm a resource. I've, I can put you in touch with people. I can put you in touch with lawyers. I can put you in touch with, I can give you that next stepping stone. I offer meeting like twice a month. If you need more, we can do more. I can go with you to doctor's visits. I've, I've helped people get their eggs frozen. I helped a woman, God bless, a really good friend of mine who was making really poor decisions about dating because she was looking for the baby daddy. She found her, she was 34 and she was feeling her time was up. That's not, that's because that's also to say I'm not just about surrogacy because I went through all these different avenues before we chose surrogacy, I help you with IVF, IUI, you know, like let's, I, I give you like, 
you know, if you're trying to do it naturally, there are ways that you can, there's a great book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility that got me pregnant three times, you know, and it was all just about charting myself and figuring out the optimal time to, to have sex, you know, so, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I went with my friend and we froze her eggs and now she's feeling confident. I want to freeze Kirby's eggs. God bless. I hope, <laughs> I hope when she's 21, cause she's going to be hearing me talk about this her whole life. Let me freeze your eggs. Let mommy <laughs> yeah. not have to worry as women. It is, it is awful. Like there's this time clock that we experience that men don't. Well, but there is a time clock and it shouldn't is. be that way. So yeah. that's what I offer. Yes. Thank so. you. Um, thank you, Claudia. I will include all of your information. I can tell uh, in the show notes and I can tell that, I mean, I've, this is now, you know, I've spoken to you a couple of times now. So I, you're, you're a very grounded, real strong person. And I really, really appreciate you sharing your story. And I know this will help make the journey so much easier for other people who are struggling and it sounds like all the resources that you have that you can offer will just help make that cloudy, un unknown, maybe even scary time for people like yes. a little less scary. So thank right. you for being Aww. brave and sharing your story. And um, we thank, will, you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for giving me the platform to talk about it. And uh, thank you for what you're doing with this podcast. It's, it's a service. Thank so you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode and are excited about what the Motherhood Project stands for, please support this community and make sure to listen and subscribe to get new episodes every Friday. And please leave a review so other people can find me too. Thank you again to all you mamas who participated in the online survey and inspired this podcast and gave this community life and a voice. If you would like to support the community, you can find the survey link in the show notes of this episode. I look forward to hearing from you and I plan to use your answers for inspiration for future episodes and actions to better serve this community. Have a wonderful day and I can't wait to connect with you again next Friday.